Uh, hey. Hey. <laughs> it's easy pills to swallow. Lexi and Peyton here. Yeah, speaking of easy pills to swallow, did you know? In 1885, a pharmacist named Charles Alderton began mixing different fruit flavors together, eventually creating the recipe for a drink that would become known as a Dr. Pepper. We spoiled this fun fact last week. Lexi, I'm scared. Two weeks ago. Oh. Lexi, I'm scared. Because there's no more sodas. I think we're out of sodas. And there's a chance that we are not out of sodas. But there's a really good chance that we are out of sodas. Yeah. And now I'm, I'm in like... This is like the being on the precipice of starting a rotation. Yeah. You don't know what lies ahead. You can only predict. Well, we'll cross that bridge when we get there. Speaking of crossing that bridge, today was our first day. It was. Of like actual clinical rotations. Mm-hmm. Not that Lexi's wasn't an actual rotation, but that was not clinical mm-hmm. in nature. It was administrative. Sure. Legislative? I don't really know what to call Regulatory? it. Regulatory? No, not regulatory. It doesn't matter. What was it just wasn't clinical. You're right. It was association management. Oh, okay. Was what it was called. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Well, we had our first day today. How are you doing, Lexi? I'm doing good. I really enjoyed it. I, well, first of all, shout out to Connor for flying to Nashville to drive 10 hours same day with me back to Des Moines. I still can't believe that. That's crazy. I'm proud of him for that. Shout out to Connor for that because it was a rough 10 hour car drive and it would have been way more rough without him. Yeah. I love a good long road trip, especially with people I care about. Yeah. So he's wonderful for that. And yeah, so I traveled from Nashville and I'm happy to be back in Des Moines in a place that I'm familiar with and call my home. And it's just been very nice. And so yeah, I had a great first day. Everyone was super nice. I learned a lot already. I'm a little nervous because the clinical things were a little rusty, but I'm hoping it's like riding a bike that he's got to get going and, and it's fine. Literally. No. But how are you doing? It's your very first day. I know. I'm I'm okay. I, I really did enjoy my first day. I think overall work, I think as it went on, I got a little more comfortable with it. Um, we talked about this in the actual episode, but I tend to set this like high expectation where I, I think that I should know everything mm-hmm. like right away. And that's like so unrealistic. That's not realistic for any person. And so what happens is that I show up at a new place and like mentally I'm moving at like 300 miles an hour. Yeah. Like I'm like trying, I'm like thinking so hard and like everything's new. And so I'm like getting overwhelmed, even though it's not a lot to even be thinking about yet. And so I will say I'm very tired from today, just from being in a new place thinking a lot but like i said in the episode after this the people are great the preceptor has been pretty great so far too um it's a great hospital that i'm at so i'm I'm happy with where i am right now um our guest yeah let's talk about our guest we have a guest on this episode named shannon oh the wonderful shannon dickin we go way back with shannon we do arguably as far back as the first year of pharmacy school yeah or first year and we love shannon shannon's amazing and you'll you'll hear shannon is one of i would she would not tell you this but shannon is i think one of the most professional people that i know yeah one of the most well-spoken people that i know is someone who gives fantastic advice she's top tier she is top tier top tier student especially person too yeah it's like top tier student top tier person yes top tier everything no she's amazing top tier all around I, I know you you guys will hopefully get something great from this episode. We, we, in this episode, we kind of just talk about our experiences last block, um, how we've changed, how we've grown, and any advice we have for people who are yeah. who are starting up their rotations journey maybe next year um, or any year after that. So without further ado, please join us in welcoming Shannon Dickin. Woo! Wow. Okay, is everyone ready? <laughs> uh, hey. Uh, hey. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Lexi Payton and Shannon here. <laughs> this is so real. Anyway, what do we want to talk about? This is a great podcast. <laughs> <laughs> we all okay? 
I don't know. The silence is definite, in my opinion. <laughs> well, we're all back together again. We're all in the same room. This is weird. This is like the first time. Well, other than we, we all hung out like two days ago, but like now we're actually back together. Yeah, it's crazy that so many people like split apart for block one and we all kind of flocked back to Des Moines for block two. Yeah. And like, this is like the only block where that's really happening. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so. we're going to take advantage of it though. Oh, we are. Absolutely. We, we are. So much clinical practice and... <laughs> so much so much extra studying with our friends with our friends uh, anyway shannon who are you can you give us your drake introduction which is your name you're in school major minor concentration hometown the, the whole oh um yeah for sure my name is shannon i'm a p4 so i'm on rotations just like our hosts peyton and lexi I do not have any dual degrees um, but i do have a math minor yeah you do um, I am originally from Phoenix, Arizona, or Gilbert, Arizona, whatever you so desire. Um, I just finished my first block at uh, University of Iowa Hospitals and Clinics. I was with the medical toxicology team in their emergency department. Um, I primarily worked with patients that um, had presented to like the emergency room or the ICU after toxic exposures or medication overdoses and just kind of helping them get to a point where their care was a lot more stable. Um, right now, I am with a pharmacy analytics and outcomes company, and I'll talk a little bit more about that later. But um, my fun fact about myself is that this time last year, I think it was actually like a year ago today or a year ago tomorrow, I hiked a portion of the Appalachian Trail. Really? I did. Which portion? A portion in Maryland. I walked from Maryland all the way up to Pennsylvania. Wow. But I was very close to the Pennsylvania border already, so that sounds a lot more impressive than it was. <laughs> but here's the thing. I've, I rarely in my life have ever walked and crossed state lines. Unless I literally like drove to another state just so I could walk across the border. Oh, see, I do it all the time between there. Fargo and Moorhead. Okay. Goose- that is very, very cool. <laughs> Gooseberry Park Bridge. Use that all you time. could swim across the river, Lexi. That reminds me of the time, Lexi, when I was convinced that you were from Fargo, and I told people that, and that was in fact <laughs> not okay. true. Okay, but she basically is from Fargo. I was born there. But I really out loud said, Lexi's from North Dakota, and she looked at me and said, uh, no, I am not. It's like the time when I said you were from New Mexico. <laughs> you know, that happens more than you think. Really? <laughs> really? Yeah, somebody the other day told me I was from New Mexico. The med student I was with. He told you you were? Or she? <laughs> he was like, you're from New Mexico, right? And I said, well, almost. Phoenix. But it was close. Yeah. Not really. They border each other. Just like Maryland and Pennsylvania. It's fair. Yeah, but like Maryland's <laughs> tiny in comparison to Arizona and New Mexico. And isn't Phoenix in the True. middle? ish yeah yeah maricopa county maricopa county you yes. never thought you'd get so much geography facts on this podcast. Hey, loyal listeners will know that i love geography <laughs> we have a lot of geography on this podcast no we do and rivers i rivers run north do you have any rivers it's arizona yeah no, the colorado, colorado river which runs through the grand river. canyon mm-hmm. famously carved the nation's the grand canyon grand one of canyon. the seven one of the seven wonders of the world one of the seven natural wonders. One of the, of the seven world. natural wonders of the world. Wow. Fun fact, freshman year, I called it the mediocre canyon, and a lot of people were really upset about that. Really? Yeah. I feel like you could call Des Moines one of the seven wonders of Iowa. I feel like you absolutely <laughs> could. <laughs> How did a city this big end up in such a in such a farmland state? Yeah. We'll never know. I love it. I love Des Moines, though. I do, too. I was actually shocked when I moved here. Or, like, when I saw it for the first time. I love it. I really do. I mean, I thought it was a little bit small. I mean, obviously, it's smaller than Phoenix, but I love it. I think it's perfect. I think so, too. And I just love the Capitol building when you come in and you see that gold dome. Uh, Oh, yeah, no. It's such, like, a so picturesque. Yeah. It really sets the mood. And, like, there's, like, that one shot after the Capitol when you're, like, going over the bridge over the Des Moines River. And you like see like downtown and it's like the perfect angle where it looks like 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 fleshed out and filled and you're like wow this is a city it's stellar 
It's very stellar. It's yeah. beautiful. Yeah. Like I toured the Tennessee State Capitol when I was down in Nashville. Boring. <laughs> <laughs> um, they have two people buried in the walls, actually. What are so. their names? The two architects. Hold on. The other two people that are buried there are James K. Polk and his wife. I forgot. They have a president. Yes. They have three presidents, actually. That's so unfair. Um, James K. Polk and his wife are buried in the garden, though, not in the walls. So That feels more appropriate. Yeah. And the Tennessee State Capitol is based on Greek architecture and not Roman architecture. So they actually don't have a dome. Wow, that is very interesting. (laughs) I know. That is not something that my pharmacy education taught me. I know. You should have gone to the Tennessee Pharmacist Association. William Strickland. Yeah. William Strickland. That sounds right. And Samuel Morgan? Sure. I can only confirm Strickland because that's where the Google like summary splits off. I see Samuel Morgan's name and then there's like a dot, dot, dot. So who knows if this man is still alive? (laughs) Inside the walls. The walls. <laughs> no, he just lives inside the walls. <laughs> Key difference there. Mm. All right. Spooky. So, spooky. <laughs> Speaking of spooky, this episode. So Lexi and I have this idea where we're, we're thinking at the end of every rotation, we do like a little reflection on like what's happened to us, what we learned, what we learned at our rotation, what what made, what challenged us the most, what we how we felt we grew the most, um, what we wish we had done differently, even. Um, and we're thinking of either doing these episodes by ourselves or with another student. And this time we're doing it with Shannon because the previous weekend, Lexi had to drive from Nashville to Des Moines. Crazy a, amount. Which is a long drive. And then I got hit with a rock and now I have, I have a crack in my windshield that's spreading all the way across. That's right. Lexi herself didn't get hit with a rock. Oh yeah. My car did. Sorry. Her car got hit with a rock. I saw the crack in the window. Window. And... <laughs> Luckily, in a pretty fortunate spot, it's up a little higher where it doesn't obscure the view as much. Yeah. However, still distracting, still annoying. You have to get that glass replaced. Well, I'm getting a new car, so. Ooh. I know. So if anyone has suggestions on what kind of car I should if, get. Also, if anyone needs a new car or an old car with a cracked windshield, I'm sure. <laughs> and 263,000 miles. I think Jack might be getting it, though. You need to share some miles with the rest of us. <laughs> Driving from Fargo to Des Moines every two days easy exactly all right so anyway to get back on track this is just like a little reflection sometimes it'll just be me and lexi depending on what travel needs to be done sometimes it'll be another student another p4 student and so what we're going to do for like the rest of this basically is just kind of go through some questions that we have prepared for ourselves obviously and kind of just go through it answer kind of reflect on what's happened to us because i feel like even throughout like the first block like there's a lot of growth there this is like a whole new experience for everyone even even for me not having anything, like I got five weeks to like prep for this stuff and do some really interesting things. So I'm hoping that there's something in there too. So And maybe throw in some fun stories. Oh, obviously. <laughs> there's there's gonna be it's gonna be a lot. I don't know why I just like hello everyone. The first question is I don't know how to answer this actually. What is the most important thing you learned at your site? Like a piece of knowledge that you'll carry with you forever like clinical knowledge or just like wisdom yeah just wisdom yeah maybe a clinical like something you'll never forget clinical might be cool for yours because it was yeah true because i didn't have anything clinical i did learn a lot of clinical things um let me start with my words of wisdom and then i will move into my clinical Mm -hmm. pearls perfect yeah um well i think one thing that was really really unique about my experience in and of itself, the medical toxicology team is comprised of uh, doctors, like medical doctors. Um, All of the ones at University of Iowa are emergency medicine trained. Not all toxicologists are emergency medicine trained, but these ones in particular were. There was no pharmacist that was part of our team. Um, They're actively looking to hire a pharmacist for their team, but when I was there, they didn't have one. So it was a huge interprofessional learning experience for me. Um, obviously, you know, Drake puts on a lot of interprofessional learning experiences and kind of simulations for us to interact with other healthcare professionals. But I don't think you truly get that like prime opportunity until you're kind of pushed into an interprofessional experience where you're actively taking care of patients. 
Um, I really got to advocate for the profession of pharmacy and kind of teach others about our scope of practice, where it is fairly different than what an attending provider or doctor would uh, be doing on a day-to-day basis. But um, I really got to kind of show them how a pharmacist, even though we do really different things, we can still be really beneficial on on a healthcare team. And so I think that was really cool. It's just kind of a good reminder of like, Pharmacy is really unique in the healthcare field, and it's really cool opportunity when you, as a student, get to share that with other students and other providers. I like that. That's crazy. I didn't. I actually, can't. Yeah, I can't believe they didn't have a pharmacist. That's what baffled me too. I didn't know we were even allowed to do like a rotation like that. You know, I sure didn't either. But um, I knew that my preceptor was going to be a doctor. Like, that's just who the the name was. You know, you get your preceptor list. And sometimes that's not the person that you primarily spend a lot of your time with. But, you know, that's the person that's really responsible for a lot of the paperwork and onboarding for you. So um, there's a lot of sites that are like that. But in this case, uh, my preceptor and their name was was a doctor and so was everyone else on the team. So I don't think I realized that there was no pharmacist on the team when I had, you know, gone through and applied for this rotation and was selected um, and found out that I was going to get to go. But I think, you know, overall it worked out. They were, you know, they were, it was definitely a learning experience in the beginning. You know, I was asked to do some, I had to remind them that I was a pharmacy student and that I you didn't really have the same training level as the med students. And I could do a lot of things that they weren't as comfortable with. And they could do things that I just hadn't been taught in my direct didactic curriculum. Um, so it definitely was a learning moment in the beginning for everyone involved. But um, after the five weeks, it was it was a really good experience that way. That's good. Anything clinical? I learned lots of fun clinical things. Um. Did you know that you can actually use carbapenems to help reverse valproic acid toxicity? What? Isn't that interesting? That is interesting. Wait, so like how? Like mechanistically, like how? Mechanistically, valproic acid is extremely toxic because of enterohepatic recirculation. And carbapenems block that. So carbapenems basically force the valproic acid to prevent continual reabsorption through the portal circulation then go into the gallbladder and be excreted back into the GI tract through bile and then reabsorbed over and over again. So the carbapenems prevent that enterohepatic circulation so the VPA can just be excreted through the GI tract. Wow. That's crazy. That's like... There's other medications. You can also use L-carnitine. So it's kind of a supplement, but usually it's only like kind of scarce. So I try and save it for like infants or newborns, like in the NICU that really, really need it. There's no other option for them. Yeah. Um, Carbapenems aren't awesome. You know, antimicrobial stewardship, a lot of times our infectious disease friends aren't the biggest fans of us using, See, you know, meropenem for valproic acid toxicity, but it's an option. I love throwing carbapenems at patients. Well, you know what? my rule. Don't floss it for everybody. Don't floss it for everybody. That's not a carbapenem though. No, it's not, but it has very broad coverage. It, it has like, arguably the broadest coverage <laughs> I've ever seen. Because it'll it'll cover everything. But it, it's always the answer. It's never prophylactic <laughs> delafloxacin for everybody. I agree. That what? is how we create what a superbug. The worst that could happen. Superbug, and then super we all bug. die. Well, guess what? Well, maybe the superbug will come become like a superman and then just save humanity. You know what? I feel like some of our best ideas have come in some of our most of our most dire moments. So why not create those, manufacture those dire moments <laughs> with mass pres- prescribing of Delaplex? <laughs> Maybe throw in some carbapenems to be safe as well. We have some faculty that would probably not appreciate this commentary. I don't think they would. so. That's okay. I'm going into an infectious disease rotation next. So For legal reasons, this is a joke. <laughs> <laughs> we do not want to give patients Delafloxacin and Meropenem and Carbapenem nor i don't think we ever will unless that becomes i don't know if the guidelines change like am i to am i to follow them if i don't believe in them as a steward myself you might have to get the ethics committee involved i love a good ethics committee we can cross that bridge when we get there we can cross that bridge when we get there well lexi what's the most important thing you learned at tennessee pharmacy association i learned a lot um tpa very minimal clinical knowledge that i learned but i learned a lot about networking and just about like being a good advocate and 
teammates. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Shannon was slowly shifting. As a matter of fact, one second. I'm just gonna move myself too, in case our loyal listeners can hear. We're sitting on a couch that makes lots of noise. Because we love the West Village couches. Yes. Anyway, um, so, and yes, teamwork, because we're stronger as a profession when we all are together, which I very much learned. Actually, I did my final presentation on one of the Remington Meadow Lectures, which if you didn't know, it's like the highest honor that pharmacists can get that's given by APHA every year. And I did mine on the 1977 lecture, and he talked about professional destiny and like where pharmacy is like supposed to be going and he talked a lot about like how the american dentist association they had like 95 percent of their members a part of it apha has like 15 percent of pharmacists in there and so he talked a lot about how they just got so many great things accomplished like the fluoridation of water which helped so much with teeth help help. (laughs) thank you and Pharmacy just hasn't gotten there yet. And so I I learned a lot about that and how to be an advocate, a teammate, and just work together. And then one of my favorite things was I met with, like, the goddess of pharmacy in Tennessee. Her name is Bettina Black. And I had lunch with her. That's an awesome name. Isn't it an amazing name? She is so cool. I was so amped up on feminism after meeting with her. Like, it was incredible. Mm. But, yes. Like, she literally paved the way for female pharmacists in Tennessee, arguably the country. Good for her. Anyway, but I asked her when we were at lunch, and I was like, "Do you had, did you ever, like, experience imposter syndrome? Because, like, there weren't a lot of females. Like, this was, like, you kind of paved the way for everyone. And she looks at me and goes, no. <laughs> Flat out goes, no. I love her, but I cannot relate to that. You know, and I, I turned to my co-student that I was with and I was like, oh, that's awkward because I 100% do. <laughs> and so I was talking to somebody else about it and they were like, well, that's because Bettina had to do that. Like she didn't have people pave the way for her. And so like she had to be that fearless person who didn't experience imposter syndrome. And so I think it was just like a really good reminder that like we kind of pave the way for ourselves and like our attitude and mindsets of things just kind of get us to where we need to be wherever that may be and she just was so cool like I'm kind of sad that I don't get to see her anymore because she just was awesome but you had that experience and that is so cool I did a core memory was made a core memory I don't remember right there Pixar just came out with like a new yeah elemental elemental I want to see that I heard, I heard it was good. I heard it's okay. You heard oh. it was okay. I've listened to the music from it. The music's very good. The score is very good. I really like it. I want to see it. Can we go see it? Yeah, we can. Okay, fantastic. Good. Anyway, that's um, all. Well, I'm going to say stuff about my Ireland trip. No, please. Um, yeah, absolutely. So three important things that I learned while I was in Ireland. Number one, uh, Irish males in the 1800s ate 35 potatoes a day. That's very important. Is insane. I love potatoes. No, I do too. But if you live, if you are in Ireland for a week... You will be sick of, t- of potatoes by the end of the week. There's no way. I love potatoes. Every meal had potatoes. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner. But there's so many different things you can do with potatoes. Dinner had two potato dishes, typically. A beef stew with potatoes followed by a side of the same potatoes on the <laughs> side. Obviously, they're the side dish. That was like every meal. Um, second most important thing that I learned, I learned how to uh, traditional Irish dance. No. Uh, while I was there. It was on my last day. Um, it was super exhausting because it was like day seven. I was breaking in new shoes and they're like too thin for my feet. And so like they hurt and then I had to dance on them, but it was so much fun. Uh, there's a video circulating out there somewhere of me doing it, but anyway. We'll find it. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. And the third and definitely most important thing is that I've learned that I, I can't stop choir as I like move into professional life. Mm-hmm. And like I've learned that pharmacy is a flexible enough career where you can keep that in your life somehow, especially if you're in like a, for any musicians listening, <laughs> if there's like two of you. Um, there are so many musician pharmacists. That's there's gotta true. be more than two. That's true. But like <laughs> in, especially major metropolitan areas, the Twin Cities, Kansas City, Chicago, arguably Des Moines. Des Moines. Des Moines has one. There are professional choirs you can join after you are done 
with school. Because when you're when you're a student, Lexi knows this too. Like for our entire lives, we've been involved in music, and it's always been like a part of our curriculum almost. For like, mm-hmm. there's dedicated time to practicing that stuff basically every day, and like, oh, <laughs> practicing <laughs> practicing is truthfully probably not something we do every day. It's a strong word. Very strong. Yeah. Word. Mm-hmm. But once we're done, like literally at this point in our lives, there is no, there's no time carved on our day anymore to like do this. No. And there's no reason for us to continue unless us want it, unless we want to. And I learned through this trip, it was only eight days, but like it was a great time to like do it one last time, like one really big trip, take a break for rotations to really focus on pharmacy stuff. And then hopefully in the future, find a way to, to keep that in my life. Cause there's something, I don't know, there's something so grounding about having a hobby with a group of like 60 people we have a shared common goal. Like it's just something like, like a community you can go to outside of work, um, which I, I really valued for my time in school and I hope to continue after this. So I know that's probably an important thing to, to keep. Um, next question. I think Shannon kind of answered this, but we'll start with Shannon again. What challenged you the most when you're at your site? That is a really good question. There are a lot of challenges for sure. I think just like briefly going back, it was hard to be the only pharmacist on the team. Um, especially it was my very first block. I didn't really know what I was getting into. You know, I didn't really have a, a pharmacy clinical block before that, where I did have a pharmacist as a mentor. So running into this, where I was the acting pharmacist as a like very block one pharmacy student, um, People thought that I was graduating in four weeks. They were like, oh, is this your last one? I said, uh, no, this is this is my first one, actually. <laughs> so um, that was definitely a challenge. But we also had a lot of um, like didactic work through the rotation, which it was really, really interesting. But it was a challenge sometimes to be like, oh, I remember, you know, learning this in class. Can I pull the answer out right now? I don't know. <laughs> but I feel like it was a really good clinical review in the end. But in the middle of it, there were some challenging discussions that had to be had. Yeah. Um, and then I guess one more thing that was a challenge is um, sometimes, you know, the world of toxicology and, and medication overdose is not always the most mentally good place to be. Know, I would say nine out of 10 people that walked through our doors were intentional overdoses. And so really working with your healthcare teams and other consult services um, to make sure that this patient, you know, obviously our job is to medically stabilize them, but you know, there, there is a point where that's not good enough. So, you know, bringing other colleagues to make sure that they are truly safe to themselves and others before they actually get to leave the hospital becomes really, really important once they get through kind of that really life-threatening stage of the overdose. Mm-hmm. That's fair, actually. I feel like when we talk about, we talked a little bit about toxicology and we almost never mentioned like the patient aspect of it when we talk about the classes, purely the like the theoretical of like, this person happened to overdose on Tylenol. And like, what do we give them? What, what dose of and acetylcysteine is appropriate for this patient based on like their levels that we've measured and like that's all we talked about we never talked about like there's a person behind here and how did they overdose on some medication or why did they mm-hmm. so that's that's something that i didn't think about with your rotation if i'm being honest because yeah, no we never had to like even in like any other practice of pharmacy like outpatient especially almost all your patients are just people who are just like trying to get their their blood pressure medication mm-hmm. and there's there's nothing in there other than they just want to control their blood pressure. Yeah. I mean, I think there's a lot to be said for like toxicology for sure. Um, but, you know, think like emer- even emergency medicine, critical care, there's a- even just acute care. You know, there's a lot of trying to balance that. I-, I need to personalize this care for the patient, but I also need to to depersonalize it a little bit so that I can maintain my own like health and my own outlook on like having to take care of this patient and having to be able to, you know, go home and, and kind of not carry a lot of that with me when I leave work. And that was, that was a hard, you know, first rotation to go in, you know, you go into inpatient rotations like that and and not all your patients get to go home. Mm -hmm. And so kind of having to realize like, okay, like how to balance that as a healthcare provider it's definitely a challenge. I don't think I'm there yet. Um, five weeks is not really a, enough to, to do that, but 
there will be other opportunities and even, you know, through careers in healthcare, there's a lot of resources out there to help with things like that too. Yeah. True. Lexi, what challenged you the most? There were a couple things that were challenging. Well, I really liked this rotation. It was very much up my alley, but it also was very different than any kind of pharmacy thing we've ever done. And so I really had to learn quickly on, I thought I was good at time management. I really had to time manage on this rotation because I, the, my very first day, like she went through the syllabus in like half an hour. And then she was like, okay, any questions? Like start on all of your projects. And I was like, oh. sure. Sounds good. And then they would come and check up. Like they were always available to ask questions. Like they were absolutely wonderful, but like they would only really come and check on me like once a day to like see how things were going or if I had any questions. And so like, it was a lot of like, also I'm not great with technology. And so having to learn teams and outlook and good, I mean, I think I have good email etiquette, but I really had to have good email etiquette for this rotation. And so that was really difficult. um, But I picked up quickly, I think. So that was good. And then the other difficult thing was a lot of the legislature. Oh my gosh. Legislature is so confusing. Like I was doing a project on their drug donation repository act that they just like made updates in, um, in the session. And I had to go through like the public chapter and that was so hard to read. That sounds agonizing. I think I read it like eight times and I still was like, I don't really know what's happening. Like I kind of do, but not really. And so I had to ask a lot of questions and I watched a lot of videos just trying to like grasp my head around like what this really means. And then I had to go through like all of the updates because like the public chapter, they don't have like the most updated one. They just have like, or they don't, they have the most updated one, but they don't have like what the changes were from the previous one. So you have to go through oh. each individual one to see what the changes were. Oh, that was a pain, but I learned a lot, That's but good. it was challenging. It does sound challenging. Yeah. I don't know if I would enjoy the legislative aspect that much of the rotation, but I feel like also like in school, you think you learn time management but like what I've learned how to do is to like more sneakily procrastinate on stuff. Yeah, no, that's like, like I can, I can, like, I'm better managing my time now. I will agree. Like since I started school, but like, I don't know. I've just learned how to function within the constraints of the PharmD program at Drake. Like what can I get away with? So I'm succeeding at the level that I want to while doing like a little less work than I would have been otherwise. Yeah. But whatever. That's still, I mean, valuable stuff to learn. Also, you're great at reading uh, laws now. Public chapters. Public I'm chapters. This is incredible. It was public chapter 200. That's great. In case anyone was curious <laughs> on what public chapter look at it. it was. In case we want to Google it. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> I'm going to fact check you. Please I will fact check you. It's okay. Um, what challenged me the most? Um, I don't know if you guys have ever traveled with 65 other people before. <laughs> I can't say I have. I cannot say that Horrible. I could either. <laughs> exhausting like a lot of those people on that trip were my friends there were a few people that i did not know that well and it was a solid mix of my friends and people i did not know where i was like oh you need to tone it down like especially when you're already being a tourist in a european country an american tourist in a european country you need to be careful with your volume because i didn't realize how loud i was until i sat in like an irish restaurant and i was like oh okay <laughs> my, my speaking volume is a little louder than most people sitting in here but some people on the trip just didn't have that self-awareness and they'd like follow me into a restaurant and they'd just be like screaming. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, we need to be, we're guests here. Let's be a little more, let's be a little nicer. Um, so just being with a ton of people, especially like 65 on a bus together. Some people are loud. Some people want to sleep. It's just a lot. And then like, you're tired. You've been singing all day. <laughs> it's a lot. Um, that's the biggest thing to challenge me, honestly. I love traveling. I do too. <laughs> Especially with this trip, everything was planned out for us logistically before we got there. We just had to get on a bus and go places. So like- Sometimes I, that's the best way to do it. it really that is. was my favorite part of the trip. I didn't think at all, other than when I had to decide what to do with like three hours of free time in Dublin, which there's infinite things to do there. So it was not that difficult. Okay, so next question. Um, not really a question, but just more of a prompt. Give us like your favorite story about where you were. And of course, Shannon, you'll start. Sure, I can go. Um, one of I have a lot of really good stories, but um, one story that really just stands out to me is one day we had a patient come in 
who like physically was relatively unremarkable, um, had some abdominal pain. And the reason that he came into the emergency room is that he kind of had an episode of syncope in the shower. So he kind of had, had some chest pain and passed out in the shower and he, um, thought that it might be a heart attack. So he came into the emergency room. Everything looked pretty normal physically. He looked, he was very alert. And then we pulled his labs and he's, his labs looked horrible. You know, like why would his calcium be this high? So we went through as doctors do their differential diagnosis of why his calcium might be this high. And I said, well, you know, but if he's taking, you know, calcium supplements, you know, does he take calcium supplements? So when I went in and did my med rec, I very carefully asked him if he takes any vitamins or herbals or supplements. And I said, what about antacids? And he says, yeah, I take antacids. And I said, oh, how, how often do you take antacids? And he goes every day. I said, well, how many do you take every day? He said a whole roll. Oh, a whole roll of antacids every day. And I thought, oh, that might. And I said, do you eat a lot of dairy products? And he goes, well, I drink a big glass of milk with most of my meals. Wonderful. I said, okay. So I went back and I said, well, he's probably hypercalcemic because he is consuming unreal amounts of calcium right now. So anyway, the this rest of the story is we went to see this patient with the attending and on our way back, our attending was like, how can you eat that many antacids? They can't taste good, can they? And I interjected my community pharmacy knowledge that, well, yeah, actually some of them are good. You know, Tums has like smoothies flavors and they've got some like gummy antacids now that actually, you know, they are really good and kids really like them and mm -hmm. they taste really good. So they're really easy to take. And he looks at everybody and he goes, should we, should we try them? And the entire toxicology team is like, Huh? And so we marched our way down to the hospital pharmacy. Oh my God. Purchased a bottle of Tums, brand name Tums smoothies. And we all took them back to the toxicology workroom and we ate them. <laughs> Were they good? They weren't that good. Oh, what's your rating out of 10? Uh, like a five out of 10. Okay. Like if I had to eat a Tom, like that would be the kind that I would want to eat, but it was not like life changing. And I don't think I'd want to eat a roll every single day. So like relatively speaking with all antacid options, this is like a 10 out of 10. Like of the ones you'd have to pick, this is the perfect option of that. The ones that currently exist. Well, it's not that perfect because it causes hypercalcemia. <laughs> well, when you eat a whole roll. Yeah, that's. But the our attending had never had an antacid. And he's like, they can't be that good. And so we were like, oh, bet. Like, they're kind of good. <laughs> and, and, and so he being a young guy, he was like, okay, yeah, bet. Let's try them. And so we did. And now, thanks to that day, there is a community emergency Tums supply in the talks workroom in case anybody ever needs one. That's so nice. That's amazing. Yeah. So kind of a fun clinical story with a little, and a little, you know, who, who doesn't have fun on talks? Yes. See that, that also shows like the benefit of a pharmacist on a talks team, other talks teams listening, like <laughs> who else would have found the antacid thing? Cause like, you don't really think about antacids as like meds almost. Cause it's just like, you take them as needed and like they have, it should have calcium in them sometimes, but like. I don't know. They're just like like the easy option for like heartburn. That's just like kind of off at the side. Yeah. Like who would think that's the thing that's causing very high calcium levels? Us. <laughs> it's on the differential, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> this is real. I actually love that story. Oh my gosh. Lexi. Yeah, I'm gonna give two like kind of quick ones. Um, one that's like related to my site and one that's just related to Nashville because it was Nashville but um the one that was related to my site I got to go to a Tennessee pharmacy recovery network meeting which is like our IMP3 program oh, so cool. like IMP3 stands for Iowa monitoring parameters for pharmacy professionals Iowa monitoring really... Iowa monitoring pharmacy intramuscular I think it's parameters I think it's Iowa monitoring monitoring parameter no uh, Iowa monitoring program for program. pharmacy professionals program. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. So 
basically it's a program for pharmacy pharmacists, pharmacy technicians, pharmacy students who are struggling with some sort of substance use disorder, whether that be alcoholism or opioid use disorder, or really kind of, it covers a broad spectrum of things. And so I got to go to one of their recovery meetings and I just, I walked in and one of the advocates there, just like, he was a big guy and he just wrapped me in like the biggest bear hug. And he was like, we are so happy you're here. And I was like, oh my gosh. And I really got to see like, I don't know. I think it's, I think it was really important for, I think everyone should go to these meetings because it kind of like breaks the stigma a little bit of like, these are real people and like who are trying and are going through this thing and it not necessarily their fault and like they were just all wonderful human beings and they all really appreciated me and my co-student being there and I think it's also could be so beneficial for even if you're not doing these types of things like I was I was like can I come back next week and talk about my problems like it has nothing to do with opioids or alcohol or anything but can I come talk about how I'm like so anxious because I'm in a new city by myself and they were like yeah, come back anytime. And so like, that was really great. So that was my rotation related one. And then my non-rotation related one is, so I lived in a suburb of Nashville and there was one time we got stuck in an hour and 10 minute traffic going home. And I was carpooling with two of the other people who worked with me. One of them being my preceptor, the other one being someone who lived in our apartment complex. And we had jammed out to 80s jams the entire way oh that's amazing it was absolutely amazing and I it was like just so nice because I like could like create a bond like outside of like work and like have these like connections and relationships and memories and it just was it was fun even though being stuck in traffic for an hour and 10 minutes to get home was not I don't miss the traffic that's okay do you know where hour and 10 minute traffic does not happen Des Moines, Iowa. Des Moines, Iowa. We, if we have traffic, it's five, 10 minutes max, typically, unless there's a car accident on the road. Yeah. Which happens sometimes, but like not that often. Like I'm driving a lot. It's amazing. Des Moines, I, sponsor us. The city. <laughs> Sponsored by the city of Des Moines. Or Iowa Pharmacy Association. Whoever gets to us first. Like, I'll take it. APHA. Just kidding. They're too big for us. <laughs> um, okay. So I, I have two as well. Too many ones. Um, the first one, I wasn't just in Ireland. I also went home for a couple weeks. Um, as loyal listeners will know, I was at home. Um, and I think one of the fun things that I got to do, um, I got to go camping for the first time in like a couple years, I feel like. And one of my friends from Drake, who um, I met here just a couple of years ago, he's in the choir with me, uh, came up to go camping with me. Um, so that was a lot of fun just to kind of get out of my hometown, go up north, sit in a camper, go on the lake. A lot of fun there. Um, just being home in general was great. It, it was good to be back in Minnesota, especially during the summer. It's so much nicer in the summer than it, it is really in the winter. Is. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then my last, uh, my other memory from Ireland that I want to mention, my favorite part was at our, um, our final concert. So our two last songs we sang as like a choir before we had like a finale set with everyone. It was a weird setup, but the two last songs we sang with like the core Drake choir, um, the second to last one was this really emotional song about like, it was written for the seniors by our director, kind of. Um, it was basically dedicated to us. Um, and it's a piece about like, it's okay to leave and like, just know that we're all here like behind you supporting you. And like, that was, that's like a really big moment for us. Like all the seniors are like, obviously like crying at the end of this piece. And then we transitioned into the silliest, it's called Gooey Bing Tong. And it's a it's a it's a piece sure. written in in Mandarin. It has a lot of like fake like onomatopoeia sounds oh, in it um, that sound like like hit like whacking bamboo. Can you like, can you demonstrate? Like like or like like that like that's what we would do Ooh. and throughout the song. Um, but we we got to the end of the song and like all the seniors are like sobbing and then like the first like note of it hits and me and my roommate Carter who stands next to me in choir both start like like laughing too hard like you can't hide it like the audience is looking at us and then other seniors start doing the same thing it's like half the choir is like incapacitated like this last concert because none of us are singing because we're laughing and that was fun I couldn't actually get 
back into it until halfway through that final piece. Like <laughs> I almost had to leave the stage, but I didn't. So that was fun. The magic of singing, honestly. Um, stream Gui Bing Tong. It's actually not anywhere on Spotify. I checked. Uh, <laughs> Darn. Shoot. Uh, in case you're wanting to. Well, I think I just have two more questions for Shannon before we end off everything. Yeah. Um, these are not written in our guide because I forgot to put them in there. But That's okay. since, since you're the guest. Now, also, this this in mind, we will have Shannon again later with arguably another equally as dynamic duo, Shannon and Fiona. Yes. Um, which is going to be a great episode <laughs> discussing the events of P1 Spring, which there are many things that happened many. to us in particular during that semester for some reason. It was just kind of the wackier one. Fiona, you're coming back for this. Yeah. You better. I haven't seen you in like a little while. <laughs> I actually don't remember the last time I saw you, Fiona. So I'm just going to say that. Um, so... First question, actually, the Shannon, your two questions for you are any advice to students younger than you who are going to be going through rotations? And then the second question is going to be basically, do you have any inkling of where you want to be after this or like job prospects? I have lots of advice. Yes. What can I pick to say here? You'll get this question again next time you're on. Yes. So if you don't, if you don't say it right this time, don't worry. <laughs> you got a second. practice round? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, one thing that I think is really important in terms of, I guess I can talk maybe more about like choosing rotations, mm -hmm. um, maybe for any rising P3s that are listening that are kind of thinking about choosing their rotations. I think that rotations year is exactly what you want it to be. And so they'll tell you this in CPD and they'll, or, you know, maybe you don't go to Drake and you're listening, but rotations here is about what you want you know like if all of your friends are trying to pick the same rotation because that's what they think they want they've heard it's easy and they've heard it's great and they've heard it's this and that and that's not what you want you shouldn't feel pressured to pick that particular rotation rotations are your year to go where you want to go and to learn what you want to learn take advantage of some of your weak points um anyone that knows me really well knows i am absolutely awful at cardiology absolutely awful I feel that so I knew in my heart and mostly in my brain that I really needed a block on cardiology because I really felt like that was my weakest point and so that was a really big priority for me was to have you know a cardiology block because I knew that was a big weakness um and so trying you know to challenge yourself but also keep in mind like what do you want what's going to set you up for success later don't compare your schedule to other people's don't compare your interests to other people's because they're not going to be the same and that's okay in rotations because there are so many options there are so many places for pharmacists to end up you know there are so many non-traditional routes there are so many traditional routes as well that whatever you want is how you should build your schedule because you only get rotations once and if you're at drake you only get eight of them so Make them count and do what you want because it's worth it. You'll get exactly what you want out of your rotation year. Nobody gets a bad schedule. Everybody gets a good schedule. Um, yeah. And, you know, you just need to to pick what works for you and your life and your goals. And that's that's where you need to be. Yeah. I like that. Shannon always giving, I'd argue, top five advice givers at this university. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That, that is an honor I do not think I deserve to pay to Well, we've, we've talked a lot about imposter syndrome at this university yes. as well. And so it's okay to be experiencing those feelings as well. I am experiencing those feelings as we speak. That's okay. <laughs> so are Lexi and I. Yeah. And that's that's the experience. It is. And now, speaking of the experience, um, you're, we'll have to move on soon from school, which is like something we all need to start thinking about a lot now that we're on rotations. But do you have any idea of like where you want to end up, what you want to be doing? Um, short answer, no. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> That's where we're at. Yeah. Um, I really, really like um like the outpatient world and patient advocacy is really important to me. Um I have worked for a smaller community pharmacy for three years now, which seems like forever in a day, but um, I have loved it. You know, I started during the COVID pandemic and I've been with them through every phase of the vaccines. And um, 
as I've gotten older, I've gotten a lot more clinical responsibilities. And I just really like the interaction I get with patients when they come into the store and come to, for pickup. And, you know, we have a really good reputation as a, as a smaller kind of homegrown pharmacy in the area. And so a lot of our patients really respect that. And so, you know, of course, every pharmacy has, you know, patients that are you know, sometimes not as respectful to the staff as others, but I do feel like our patient population is just wonderful and I love them. And um, so I can really see myself working outpatient. Ultimately, I would love to be a teacher. would love to teach anything, um, whether it's like at a um, college of pharmacy, whether it's in, you know, teaching maybe pharmacotherapy to nursing students or um, other healthcare professions. Um, or even if it's just, you know, precepting students in some location, but I really, I really value the teachers, faculty, mentors, preceptors that I have had that have made a huge difference. And I, and I want to do the exact same thing for other students someday. That's real. Also fun fact, one of the pharmacists who just started at my, my hospital today, um, he was a pharmacist for a while and then he decided to go and teach high school for five years. That's and, awesome. And then just came back to the profession because he missed it. And so like wow. he, that's technically an option for you. That's so um, cool. What did he teach in high school? Uh, science. Um, I do not know the specific <laughs> brand of science. <laughs> yeah. I don't know the brand of science. The science I, We didn't get that far because he was also having to train in because it was his first day of work. <laughs> Fair kind enough. of like me. Yeah. Um, and so, but I was like, oh my gosh, that's so cool. That like, that's like a thing. Like if, if for some reason I'm like, I, I don't know, I'm, I'm bored or I want something different. I can always move somewhere else. Yeah. Find something new. Not even move somewhere else. Move to a different profession for a little bit. Nothing's ever permanent. Okay. With that, with that sobering advice <laughs> from Lexi, <laughs> nothing's ever permanent. It's not. It's true, but it's something that I still haven't realized. In good and bad life. ways. That, that can go in good or bad direction. <laughs> that can go in good or bad. I don't know if this is the way you said it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Look, okay, I'm not the most eloquent. I didn't kiss the Blarney you Stone. You didn't kiss the Blarney Stone. I forgot to tell you, you kissed the Blarney Stone. Did you really? Yeah, I did. I know, it's upside down. That would be a good outtake. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that is everything we have to say. Well, thank you, Shannon, for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to come back with Fiona. Yeah, no, that one's going to be so much fun. I Later. can't wait. That one will be like so much it will be so like a la carte in nature like lots of different little stories little snippets with a student who is not studying pharmacy as well um which is sometimes a breath of fresh air yes it really is especially on this podcast <laughs> <laughs> an easy pill to swallow so to speak yes that i would argue be. that's an easier pill to swallow <laughs> Well, Lexi, do you want to carry us off with our, our wonderful outro that you came up with? I sure do. Um, that's all we have. Thanks for listening. And we'll pharma. See you later. <laughs> <laughs>